Hello, welcome to Healing Out Loud with me, your host, Jackie Shea. This is a place to relate to the darkest days and be inspired by ultimate triumph. Each week, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience with illness and or wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on, highly informed about something new, and connected to a tribe of amazing humans. Because the only way out is through, but it helps to have a tribe walking with you. Hello, welcome to episode 42 of Healing Out Loud. I took last week off, some of you might have noticed, for radical self-care of my own. It was scary, but I did it, and I'm so excited to hit you with this episode today. For amazing for any modern day woman, I brought on my friend and practicing acupuncturist Samantha Story to talk about natural beauty from the inside out. We get into aging gracefully, what that means, how to feel beautiful without engaging with beauty quote-unquote fads, Botox, and the hot new topic of facial massage. The weekly challenge has to do with healing our self-love wounds, so listen in for more and share this with a friend. Follow me at Jackie on Instagram. Instagram for weekly challenge updates and other wellness fun. Follow JackieShea.com for your free downloadable self-care checklist. Join the Healing Out Loud with Jackie Shea Facebook community and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. I always love to hear from you and about ways I can improve the show. If you really, really, really want to support the show, then consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash healingoutloud and supporting me with small monthly contributions. All the links will be in the show notes. I absolutely love you guys. Let's hit this week's episode. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to introduce my guest and my friend, Samantha Story, an acupuncturist who specializes in cosmetic acupuncture and a breathwork healer. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Jackie. Hi, also, you guys probably know this because I've mentioned it 1,000 times, but Samantha is the reason that... I got all interested in vaginal steaming. (laughs) (laughs) My claim to fame. (laughs) And also the reason why Steamy Chick came on the show. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Sam, Samantha, I feel like I talk about you all the time in my Instagram stories about vaginal steaming and my whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. (laughs) You know, I'm glad to be linked to vaginal steaming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But this is the kind of thing that we're talking about today, right? Um, Women and and aging gracefully and and natural solutions to common female problems. (laughs) So Yeah. And I actually think that vaginal steaming, you know, there's like it plays a big part in all of that, you know. Yeah. Because beauty is whole body, so you know, all the parts. Tell me more about that, actually. Like, how how do you feel like vaginal steaming plays a part in it? I get it intuitively, but I want you to kind of go into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, first and foremost, I'm, my background is I'm an acupuncturist. So we're always looking at the whole body. You know, we're always looking at the complete person. And Um, You know, a lot of times people come to acupuncture for so many different things, but a lot of times it's because, you know, they're at the end of their, you know, their ropes, like no one has an answer for them. So you get a lot of different, um, see a lot of different pictures come in, like people with a lot of different issues. And, you know, a big one is is hormonal imbalance for women. So I really like that about the vaginal steaming because it's a really gentle way to treat yourself. Um, and I'm a big 
believer in anything that you can do for yourself and empowering people with tools. So um, finding something that's plant-based, that's natural, that you can do at home, that's affordable, um, as opposed to something that's given to you by a doctor, something that has a whole list of side effects, like why not start with something natural? Yeah. Yeah. And hormonal imbalance, I think, probably directly impacts all sorts of things that uh, impact our how we look on a daily basis, right? So if- absolutely. I mean, sometimes I just say like we're not even we're just hormones, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we, we think we're these like people, but really we're just sort of like, you know, meat meat suits with hormones right. walking around and spirits. How funny! But it's oh like my hormones God. is such a big part of like how we feel, how we look, you know. Oh my God, that's what horrifying. we inherit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're I'm like, oh, you're right. And that's so scary. Um, this is great. And, and I love what you said, too, about giving people tools that they don't need to wait on a doctor for. You're empowered. You can do it at home. Um, I feel like that's such a that's such a big part of going to a holistic doctor. You get to learn all of these ways that you can care for yourself. And I remember mm-hmm. learning how to give myself my own um, cervical exam. And, oh, wow, well, yeah. And God, I have like, I have my own speculum even. And <laughs> and I was like, I was so blown away by the idea that I could actually have that much power as a patient and as a person and as a woman, you know, where I could take care of myself in that way and not wait on a doctor who only has 10 minutes for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I love that you're bringing that up. Tell me what turned you on to this career path, because I've known you for over a decade. And when we met, you were not pursuing this career. Oh, how funny. I didn't realize that. First of all, I just want to say that you're the first person I've ever spoken to who has their own speculum. Oh. (laughs) You just got like so many more points than you already have in my book. I'm like, why don't I have my own speculum? Oh, it's amazing. You Um, should get one. (laughs) I I probably will. Um, I got into acupuncture, you know, for a really long... I grew up as like a very, very sensitive kid. And... um, just the situation that I grew up in, it was sort of like not really okay to be that way. So a lot of, from, from a very early childhood, a lot of time was spent in trying to fix those sensitivities, you know? So I think I started therapy at like age eight, age somewhere between there. And, um, you know, sort of like the designated person in the family who needs to be fixed. And, um, and later on found um, drugs and alcohol as, as a way to fix those problems. And, you know, I, I think getting sober at a young age really opened up a lot of doors for me that I never would have, like, you know, walked through. And one of them was, you know, is that a, you know, my mother is into yoga and health food. So, I mean, at, at 13, I decided to become macrobiotic on my own. Like, I've always been interested in um, sort of health and natural healing but I never considered it as like um a career and I was doing I was working for um an interior decorator and I kept I kept trying to like find things that was almost I was looking like 
I had a box of things I kept trying on. Like I thought I wanted to design shoes or I wanted to design wallpaper. I wanted to, you know, I kept sort of looking in the same thing and found it really unsatisfying. And then um, I went to an acupuncturist for some back pain. And um, and I just found, and I started consistently going and I found that it helped so much with some all these emotional issues that I'd been having um, that I just became like intrigued. And one day I think I was asking her questions and she was like, are you interested in studying acupuncture? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I left and the question just kept resonating for me. And I was like, Oh, maybe I am. I just never even, you know, I never considered it. You know, I think it's that thing of like, you know, the answers are never in the head. The answers are always in the body. And I had been searching with my mind trying to figure out like, what is the thing that I want to do? And had finally come to a place of like, maybe I'm just never going to find that thing. Um, and when I was able to sort of surrender this idea of like figuring it out, I was open to another message. So yeah, so then I, you know, I looked at schools and I found a teacher and it just felt like a language that I, you know, it's sort of like a language that I already spoke, but didn't totally have the vocabulary for. I was like, this is completely familiar. I already know this. So, so that's how that door opened. And how long ago was that? Um, that was 2007. Yeah. And I think I, it's, you know, I went to a three, it's a three-year program. I think I graduated in 2011. Okay. Yeah. And then when, got, yeah. And mm-hmm. then when did you become interested and why in the cosmetic side of acupuncture? In the cosmetic side. For me, I, I also, my teacher is, um, comes from a Taoist lineage, the school that I found is a classical acupuncture school. And, and what that means is like it goes back to the ancient texts. It's really hard to study classical acupuncture because most of it is modernized um, into something that's called TCM, which is traditional Chinese medicine, which comes out of post-Mao China. So what they did was they sort of like tried to formalize it. They took a lot of the spirituality out. And so when I was looking at schools, I was kind of like really disheartened. And then when I found my teacher, Jeffrey Yuan, I was like, oh, this is, this is what I, you know, this is what resonates with me. So, um, oh, fascinating. So, Sorry. I did not know yeah. that. I did mm-hmm. not know that there was, there was a older <laughs> version of acupuncture. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I didn't know either. Like it's almost like martial arts. There's so many different kinds, you know, there's Vietnamese acupuncture, there's Japanese acupuncture. There's many different kinds. There's more modern kinds where it's more like, um, musculoskeletal based. So there's a lot of different kinds and I didn't know either until I started looking at schools. But TCM. I'm getting, yeah. Tradition. But TCM is what you have to be licensed. Like I am licensed in it. I have studied it because that's what you have to have as a license to practice. But it's kind of, in, in my experience, it's a, it's a bit of a diluted version. Got it. So... And it's a bit of a misnomer, right? It's confusing. It sounds like traditional. It sounds like, oh, this is ancient practices and sort of. Right. Right. Still very valid, still very effective. It just, um, he wanted to sort of compete with the West. And what ended up happening is if you didn't practice this kind of, this new kind of acupuncture, um, you you know, it's like you were in danger. So a lot of people went into hiding or they left China at that time. So a lot of it went underground. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, I had no yeah. idea. So cool. Yeah. Um, to learn that. So yeah, the kind you did is the original version of acupuncture is based in, in Taoism and spirituality. Well, it's based in like the, the oldest of texts. So the Neijing and the Nanjing. Um, and then a lot of it has to do with the extraordinary vessels and this idea that you can, you know, you can heal illnesses that have been inherited that you can really treat anything, that you can work with chronic illness in ways that you don't always come across in TCM where they think like you need a mix of herbs. You always need a mix of herbs in acupuncture because acupuncture can only do so much. The lineage that I come from believes that they're separate modalities. Both can heal. You know, you don't need to, one isn't stronger than the other. You can heal anything with acupuncture. Wow, I had no idea because they did another episode on acupuncture with my acupuncturist here in LA who I love, but now I'm learning that what we ended up talking about was TCM, which is... <laughs> mm-hmm, which is great. And right. I, I mean, I don't mean to like put it down, but when I looked, I was just like, oh, this wasn't what I was looking for. Right, right, right. Okay, you know. so what did that, what about so, that line? Yeah. <laughs> So, so the, what's relevant to that is that it's very much about like working with the spirit. It's a bit, a lot of the people that I, you know, study with, it's a tiny bit of a purist. Like the idea of getting cosmetic acupuncture or facial acupuncture is um, maybe not always in, in line with the sort of um, the spirit of it. So I, I felt a little bit, um, maybe a bit of a rebellious <laughs> move on my part. Mm. Um, but uh what happened was, um, I think at around like my 41 or something, I have an aunt who was living in a, what felt to me at sort of like almost a parallel life and that she was, I, mean, I hadn't thought of it till she died, but she was found dead in her studio apartment in at the Upper West Side. And she was um, a bit of a, like a recluse, like she didn't have a lot of people in her life. And she she herself was someone who like was never able to like make peace with how she looked. Like she got rid of all the old photos of herself as, as a younger person. And um, she was like a dancer and like, you know, sort of like, um, like a showgirl back in the, you know, like, but she was somebody in my life who would always, you know, sort of like never satisfied with her, how she looked. If she had more money would have gotten more plastic surgery than she had gotten. And, you know, it's only sort of like in retrospect that I sort of realized like when she died, it's, I think that was part of what sort of got me to like, I wanted to leave New York because I too was like living on the ground floor in a studio apartment in New York and just felt like I don't really want that to be my future. I want to live somewhere else. So I left and moved to Philadelphia for a year and got a lot of different kinds of experience working in acupuncture. Like I worked in the community clinic um, and then I worked in like a very high end sort of like Upper East Side version mm-hmm. um, where there was a lot of people who were getting a lot of face work done. It was almost like the upper, yeah, it was like the upper east side of Philadelphia. In a way. Hmm. Got it. And um, so when I moved back, you know, you have to take classes and I'm always looking to grow. Um, I saw this class for facial acupuncture and I just felt drawn to it. And so I think it, in part, it's like, you know, I'm getting older and it's like, how do I want to age? You know, like I take very good care of like my body and I do yoga and I do all these things and, you know, like, have a practice of meditation and all, all of these things. But um, I had never really thought about the fact that like, you know, we, I think culturally as women, like 
you know you're going to age and you know the realities like you sort of have an idea of what that looks like but then when you start to step into it it, it feels very different so um so i like the idea of offering at first it was almost like offering this a different option to women instead of you know something that's more invasive like cosmetic surgery or now it's so trendy to get you know fillers or botox so that was sort of like the initial attraction and then when i when i moved back i just i happened to like through friends i happened to um i really liked the experience of working in community so i happened to end up at a studio that specializes in skincare oh. so that really opened me up to like learning a lot more there was like a natural esthetician there um the woman who owns the studio her passion is skincare so like acne like all kinds of skin skin conditions you know acne psoriasis eczema all of it oh cool so then and then it really did go beyond facial acupuncture and you learned a lot more about kind of natural skincare in general Mm -hmm. yeah and i which i'd always been into myself um but, you know, you think you you know something and then you start working with people who are really trained and then you're like, oh, yeah, I know very little. Right, right. So I love what you were saying about your aunt and I, I love the topic of, of aging naturally because growing up for as long as I can remember, I've watched my beautiful mother look in the mirror with disbelief, defeat, and sadness. And she would always say, I'm so old. And Mm -hmm. it's so hard to be a woman. And it would be this total defeat of her soul as she was looking in the mirror. And I've been telling her for years that she's going to give me a complex about getting older. (laughs) And, (laughs) And she's right. In our society, it is hard to be an aging woman. But it's like every time a woman succumbs to that, it just delays the changes we can be making. And I want to live in a world where it's an honor to grow old. I think older mm-hmm. women are so beautiful with with everything they've endured, all the knowledge and wisdom they possess. And I really want to be a part of changing that conversation, especially living in Los Angeles <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're in New York. I mean, Botox is huge it's huge and I'm 30 and a lot of my 30 year old friends are starting to get Botox right and you you act and I act yeah which is yeah and it's insane and you know I I look really young and Mm -hmm. and people always comment on that and there's this there's a lot of great articles to read about like why do we want to look young Right. Like, <laughs> why can't we take back the word old? Like, what is it? Why can't we just grow old? Why isn't that beautiful? Um, with Botox especially, I mean, I've been really anti-Botox. Uh, uh, and mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about that a little bit um, with you and what your thoughts on it are. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to say first, like, I'm not really anti anything. I, I feel like women don't need more judgment or more like, like you should do this about how you look or you shouldn't do that. But I, I really do. The thing that really bothers me is that I feel like um, we're not given more options and we're not given all the information. And that to me is really problematic. And then that like you talked about that there's a standard of beauty and, a, and it's correlates to a standard of use, you know? So, um, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like 
um, more shame for something that they want to do. Like anything that you want to do is fine, but like have the information and know that there's other options out there as well. I um, love I think that. that's, that's really a big, cause like we really don't need more people telling us how we should look and right. like how, how to get there. And shaming um, and, and more shaming. Right. Yeah, exactly. And what our bodies, you know, like how we should grow old or any of those things. But I definitely feel like from living in a capitalist society and, um, you know, we're sort of at the mercy of a lot of really negative marketing. Right. And and then not a lot of information. Right. So what is so, the, what is the, what are the facts about Botox? I mean, it's a, it's a toxin, right? It's Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a really good question because like I, I have been asking people, this is my question for people all the time. It's like where, what, how does the body process Botox and fillers? And I'm, I get like no answers. <laughs> I mean, I've been like, like, so if anyone out there has better answers, for, um, I would love to hear it. But um, there isn't a lot. I mean, Botox is um, a toxin. It's a bacterial toxin. And, you know, it is um, from the toxin botulin. And it, it like, temporarily paralyzes um, facial muscles. So that's, like, so if you're not, you're not making expressions, you're not um, creating lines is sort of the thought process. But it is also, you know, like, can, like, possible side effects of Botox and, you know, they are, they say that these are rare or like trouble breathing or swallowing, um, vision problems, muscle weakness, trouble speaking. Sometimes it can like, because um, it can move. So it can like, instead of just freezing that muscle, it could lead, give you like a droopy eyelid. So it gives you kind of like a Bell's, like a same effect as Bell's palsy. Um, and it's also, you're not supposed to get it if you're breastfeeding or pregnant. Right. So there's a, you know, there's a lot of like, okay, um, well, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> right. And also, it's only been around or approved since 2002. So, yeah. So like, and it's used for other things as well, like migraines and, and different, kinds of, um, different kinds of health issues. But it, it also requires a level of trust mm. in, in testing that I don't always know. I, I can't tell you how many women come to me um, on birth control or IUDs with or having side effects that seem clearly related to these issues and they go to their gynecologist and they're told that they have zero there's zero side effects of these things yep and yep. that to me is like well th that defies common sense because the first side effect is you're not getting pregnant right like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like of course there's side effects like one of them is a desired side effect you're not getting pregnant and then the other thing is anytime you're messing with hormones how can there not be so I think there's, there's, there's a few issues. One is that there hasn't been enough testing and enough information out there, and it hasn't been around a long enough, like very long, like you said. And the other one is you kind of have to trust um, the tests that are being done and who's funding the, the, those tests, and it gets a little dicey. That's right. And we did an episode about women in medicine and how they're left out of research and how, mm -hmm. you know, there's a reason why we don't have any clue how Botox um, functions in a woman who's pregnant or breastfeeding because we never do research with pregnant and breastfeeding women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we really don't know. And I just feel like 
from based on our history, it takes a long time to figure out a lot of the time negative side effects and, and what can happen with things like Botox. And considering that it is this bacteria that if consumed in another manner and at a higher dose would make you violently ill. Mm-hmm. So Samantha, what else? What about the how it freezes our expressions? What do you think of that? Mm. Yeah, I love that you brought this up because, um, first of all, I'm just going to say that the idea of freezing women and stopping women from expressing, like, right there, you know, not okay. But um, one of the big things that's being talked about more is that, um, you know, with mothers and babies, part of what babies are looking for is they're looking for those facial expressions. They're looking for mirroring. That's how they read and that's how they connect. And that connection is also, like... Our sort of first imprint of love. So um, if the mother can't express because she can't make expressions, she's frozen her facial muscles, she's limiting her ability to literally to express to her child and to make that bond. So, so that's to me is, you know, that's problematic. And that's, again, like information that should be out there so that you know, like, is this something that I want to do? What do I want to do? What feels okay for me? Yeah, because I bet doctors aren't talking to their patients about like, so when you have kids, if you have kids, you know, <laughs> this is something This is something that they mirror and need. And, you know, that, that information really isn't, yeah. isn't available. Um, yeah, as well as expressing to everybody else, you know, to, right. to your loved ones and your workplace and all of this, you know, I think that that sort of ripples out to this idea of like, it's a, a physical limitation of women's expression. Mm. So. That's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. And I and I'm not so. gonna say like, look, if I had never been sick, there's a good chance that I would maybe have even already had some Botox. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. because it's it's really um, appealing in a lot of ways as a woman in Los Angeles or in general. Uh, and the reason I haven't is because I'm so afraid of getting sick again or making mm-hmm. myself sick. And I actually know a couple of women who have had Botox and 100% believe that, and, and their symptoms started after, that that are now being diagnosed with Lyme or different things. So like you can actually have these diseases um, dormant in your body. And uh-huh, yeah. it, it only takes one thing to kind of, you know, set it, set it off. And for me, Botox is the kind of thing that feels like it could do that. So I avoid it for that reason <laughs> because I'm just so afraid. But, you know, it is appealing. It's totally appealing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to look younger? Who doesn't want an easy fix to, you know, to looking younger? Who doesn't want to feel beautiful? And speaking of feeling beautiful, let's talk about that. What, what, what are some things people can do to feel beautiful that aren't necessarily about, um, mm-hmm. quote unquote beauty? Right. Well, you know, so this kind of in a way for me goes back to what I was saying about like being classically trained and then getting into facial acupuncture and that feeling kind of taboo because, um, my relationship to acupuncture is that I'm always working with spirit, you know, no matter what, 
people are coming in with, you always have to connect with the spirit and that that relationship is the most important, like between, it's almost like you, they say like you, you can't get better if you're not, if you don't like the person you're working with. Um, so what I, when I started working more, when I actually, when I moved back to Brooklyn and I was um, working at the studio and doing more facial treatments, what I felt was that working with the face is such a direct link to spirit to that person and like our faces are like what we what we take onto the world they're what we make expressions with they're how we mirror people um you know it's like how we want to be seen it's sort of like this is like who how we mostly i mean our bodies all of it and how we express and move our bodies but the face is is so big in that and um how we think of ourselves so really just like touching someone's face and working with their face um felt like a, a really big way to work with um their heart mm. um so i think what you're asking me about do you, are you asking about what the modalities that sort of the alter like if you were interested in doing something other than botox and fillers or yeah well I, you, yeah i do want to get into that but i also i do want to get into all of the other modalities but i do also want to ask like what are some of the most simple things people can do to feel beautiful? Because there's a difference between, there's there's not really, there is a difference and there isn't a difference between feel feeling beautiful and being beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's this really funny thing where I do believe that, or at least in my experience, I tend to think people are so beautiful that have like a very radiant energy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that yeah. comes with kind of working on yourself and being free of toxic emotions and thoughts and feelings, um, gratitude, you know, not doing any mm-hmm. of this perfectly, but re- and also really exploring all of the things you feel and not letting things get trapped in your body and literally yeah. rotting there, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so things like that. I, I think the answer for me is about be like embodiment like um fuller embodiment and sort of the journey that i've been on forever um not forever but since childhood and like healing my own sort of self-love wounds um that i think that we all have Um, oh i want to talk about self-love wounds let's take a break for the weekly challenge (laughs) welcome to our weekly challenge segment where we arm you with new tools each week to kick some self-care butt As you explore all of these new options presented weekly, my hope is that you will come to collect a number of quick ways to take care of yourself inside and out. You will essentially have your very own and very handy self-care toolkit. Some of the challenges may not work for you and some will seem perfectly tailored to you. We are building up your defenses, inspiring your mind, body, and spirit toward total wellness. Keep in mind that the goal is always progress, not perfection. The only rule is that you are never allowed to beat yourself up. Keep me posted on your progress. Stay accountable. It helps. Okay, let's hit this week's challenge. Okay, Samantha, what is this week's challenge? So this week's challenge actually comes from my teacher, my breathwork teacher, David Elliott. Um, And... This actually goes back to what we were just talking about in terms of like things that someone can do. Um, the things, one of the biggest things that I do to feel um, embodied, to feel powerful, to feel free, um, to work through emotional issues is um, is breath work. 
And um, I found it uh, maybe a year ago. I'm you know, always kind of looking for new things. And I went to um, a breathwork and sound healing with uh, Sarah Oster is the sound healer. And then Aaron Telford was the breathwork healer. And I was just like, oh, oh, my God, like, I need to know more about this. So I took her her training, her teacher training, really just for me, which is how things sort of like start for me. And just anything that feels like it works for me, I then want to share with others. So um, so this is from my death breathwork teacher, David Elliott. And it is what you have to do is um, for a week, you're going to write down all the ways that you love yourself. And just add to the list on a daily basis. Um, and I have to say, you know, I got this out of his, he has a book called Healing. And when I got to this part, I was like, I'd had one of those instant sort of like, oh, no, close the book hmm. turn around moments, um, which is, was like a real like, okay, this is something that, that I that I need to address and work on. Um, and he says to do it until it's um, becomes easy. I'm going to suggest doing it daily for a week. And if after a week, it still feels like you have a lot of resistance, then you might want to think about continuing to do it. Because um, I found it very healing. What is it? But that is the... What is, mm -hmm. what are the ways you love yourself? Like, is it, I love my, you know, my adventurous spirit? Or is it, this is a way I can love myself by giving myself a, getting myself a massage? I'm just curious. Mm -mm. No, not something that you need to do or change about yourself. Okay. How you love yourself. Yeah, a absolutely. My adventure is, you know. The first spirit. thing I said. Exactly. Okay. My honesty. The fact that I got up this morning, that I made a call that was difficult. Like any, you know. Oh, I love that. Anything. My style, you know, what, whatever, you know. I love and that. Definitely not a list of like things you need to do so that you can love yourself. Okay. <laughs> <Death>. <laughs> so it's things I love yeah. about myself. So, yeah. Kind of. Start like, you know, start where you are. It, like if, if you feel like you're ready, like the th I think the thing that comes up and that I'm always, you know, working with people on is the judgment. Like it's so not used. We have that judging mind constantly. We always have it. So adding judgment thing to things like sort of arrests where we are. So when it's the judgment comes up, just let it like breathe it, take a breath, let it pass and and write the thing down anyway. Mm. I love it. So ways you love yeah. yourself and add to it every day. I yeah. adore this. And it sounds like this is such a great practice to really what you're saying to heal yourself love wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the question that you asked me about what other people can do, it's it's a little hard. I think that my stumbling block is on that is like, I can tell you the things that I do that work for me and encourage you to find out the things that work for you. And I can, I can suggest trying the things that have worked for me. Um, yeah. What's worked but, for you? What, what, <laughs> what, what makes you feel beautiful? Um, you know, a lot of things like friendships, mm. sharing with friends is a big one. Um, being in nature is a big one for me. I don't get to do that very often. I, you know, I live in Manhattan and I don't get out that often, but like being in nature always kind of makes me feel connected to it and connected to that beauty. Mm. Um, eating well is a big one for me. Like 
that's a big part of how I work with my own anxiety and depression is like making sure that I don't go too far off the spectrum on anything. So like just taking care of myself. Uh, I often say like, I never feel more beautiful than like after a yoga class. Mm. Like I always feel like yoga is the best face, you know, quote unquote facelift. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. And, you know, makes me think, yes, yeah, salt water always makes me feel really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was in a breathwork group um, recently and the, the, the leader had us go around and um, he asked us the time like to meditate. It was like a meditation. And then it was like to go, go to the place where you feel most free and happy. And it was totally the ocean for me. And then I had a moment of like, I don't get to the ocean enough if that's the truth. Right. Um, Yeah, living in New York, it's really hard to do that (laughs) kind of stuff. Um, But but I love that. I love that. And yoga makes me feel really beautiful too. Exercise in general, I think, Mm -hmm. makes... Well, that's that hormone piece, right? So also going back to that thing of like... I remember like, I don't know, years ago when at first time I heard like that if you smile, you get happier because it releases endorphins. Mm. And it's like, it's, tr- it's true. You know, if you smile, actually, you get a little happier. Um, you know, there's that saying of like, what is it? Um, move a muscle, change a thought. Right. Like, if right. sometimes you just need to, to move around to feel a little bit better. You yeah. just need to like work with that, those those hormones right yeah movement Um, and then another big one for me is like um you know ritual like beauty rituals like doing facial guasa is a big way that i feel more beautiful more at peace with my own face what are your what are your beauty beauty rituals um well i'm a big believer in simple (laughs) so i have a very basic like um i use all natural organic products and you know i cleanse I, I moisturize my face with water and oils and then every pretty much every night I do a very simple guasa routine which is um, it's like it's a it's a basically it's a, a massage with a stone with a crystal right so this is facial massage which is pretty hot right mm-hmm. now so this yeah. is gua how do you pronounce it guasa Wait, y- you just can say gua sha or gua sha. I, I tend to say gua sha. Okay. Gua sha. no uh, shade if you say gua sha. Okay. I'm going to say gua sha because cool. <laughs> it's easier for me. Yeah. Um, so gua sha and there are like the jade facial rollers and mm-hmm. there's like microcurrent stimulation. There are all these kind of facial massage things. But mm-hmm. gua sha, tell us about that. Um, that's like that's definitely one of the big things in my in my practice with others and in my personal practice. And again, I really like it because this is something like I teach classes, and this, this is something that you can just do at home. It's very affordable, and it really. I mean, it, it never feels as good as having someone else do it for you, but like, you know, it's really beneficial. Um, it comes from so you know of like cupping. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people know about cupping because of. Um, uh, uh, Phelps, the swimmer, got a lot of cupping during the Olympics. Is that um, why people know about cupping? I think so. I mean, first there was Gwyneth on the runway, but I think that Michael Phelps really sort of upped the ante on that. Oh. Because um, he'd be like swimming with all those cupping marks. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, cupping yeah. is something you can get done at the acupuncturist and yes. 
and it it pulls it pulls your your muscles away from your back and breaks the capillaries and you can listen to the episode on acupuncture previously I'll I'll link to it in case you want to learn more but yeah so cupping and gua sha are very similar practices when you do them like on what well, even on so they start with the body so they've been around forever for a very long time and what you're doing is you're bringing when you do it on the body you again you get that shaw the shaw is the redness that comes up and it only comes up where there's stagnation in the body um and it this goes back to the belief um it's the chinese belief that like the key to health and longevity and also beauty is um circulation so if you don't have circulation you don't have health So at very basic level, what we're doing is we move chi and blood. So chi is like energy, you know, and then blood is form. Blood is like the substance, the nourishment. And you need the two together. So so if you've seen the marks on the body, you might be alarmed and think, I don't want that on my face. But when we do it on the face, it's very, very different. So we're not scraping at the face and like attacking the face. We're using a different tool for starters. Um, you're usually using either like a rose quartz or a jade stone or something that's really smooth. And um, and we're instead of working with the deeper layers of muscle, we're working with the fascia and the lymph. So it's a massage to the sort of, um, you know, what happens with the face, what happens with the body. It's the same thing as if there's tension, you know, you can't, there's no circulation. Mm. And then there's no nourishment. And, and so then... You know, when part of what happens is like um, wherever there's tension, the yin fluids can't go to. So then, you know, you end up getting more wrinkles, you know, more expression lines. So sort of my approach isn't about um, eliminating expression because expression is really important. But you want to sort of till the soil. Like I, I often use the garden as a metaphor is like you just want to till the soil so everything gets fed, so everything's moving, so it can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Great. So when we're doing the um, the gua sha massage, you know, you're sort of unlocking some of those um, the the muscle tension, so that you know everything can move smoothly. It eliminates small lines. It like helps with scarring. Um, it's really lifting, and it's you know I, I find it to be like this meditative moment where you are sort of just with yourself. It really, you can do it in like 10, 15 minutes, looking at yourself in the mirror and sort of making peace with with yourself amazing amazing and there are some youtube videos on how to do this at home and stuff right there are and actually also on the websites um of two of the studios that i work at they have website they have um youtube videos on their websites or rather videos on their websites okay cool so So i'll link to those below and do you need to buy uh, a certain tool right I mean, you could use like a very smooth stone, but um, you can buy a very affordable tool for like $20. Okay. Okay, yeah. great. And what do and, you and think? And those are nice because they have like different shapes. So there's like a little, the one I like usually for beginners has like a little, it looks like a horseshoe or something. It's got a little, a little area for the, um, to use for like the jaw and the cheekbones. Oh, I love so it. So you can kind of get, those wherever there's bone and there's muscle there's always adhesion so you can kind of break up some of those adhesions so it's also really good for tmj yes 
Yeah. Oh, my jaw has been so tight lately. I've been having to give myself all these massages and be like really, really aware of how much clenching I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. I knew it was happening. And I went to the dentist recently and he was like, he was like, have you been clenching? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, yes, every like day, <laughs> every day. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So that's great. I'm so interested in that. What do you think of these jade rollers that are so popular right now? Mm-hmm. I like the ro- rollers too. I said that the tools you get more of um, of a friction pull. So usually, what people are looking for is more of a lift with this you don't get that as much with the rollers but the rollers are nice too they're really good for just like they're good for um for doing masks for helping so you can roll a mask on oh smart they're good for really gentle lymphatic drainage smart 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 yeah and if you don't feel comfortable like using a a gua sha tool you could just use a roller which is nice great but I, i think you get a little bit more of bang for your buck with the gua sha tool Amazing. What I want to do kind of a lightning question round. What are some good foods for your skin and beauty? Uh, Well, anything with high in antioxidants. You know, I I mean, I study nutrition, but um, usually what I try to tell people is like 70% of what you should be eating on a daily basis is vegetables and fruits and primarily vegetables. Right. Because everybody, you know, everybody needs different things. And there's so many different schools of thought on like, do you eat this, don't eat this. And, and everybody's body needs different things. But at a very core level, for good health, we need a lot of vegetables. Right. And that will be great for our skin. I think that... That will be great for your skin. Yeah. Chlorophyll, huge. Um, fruits have so many antioxidants. What is you know, chlorophyll they, in? Anything green, anything dark green. So those dark, dark leafy greens are really, really important. Um, You know, part of the aging process is the um, is the oxidizing process. Like you can see it, right? Like in buildings, when you look at um, like brass, it turns, starts to turn green as it get gets oxidized, and that's what happens with our bodies as well. So, you you know, you want to have a lot of antioxidants. So a lot of just like eat the rainbow. Right. A lot of different fruits and vegetables. Right. Uh, what about supplements? Collagen. Collagen's like known as the hair, skin, nail supplement. It's yeah. obviously in bone broth. Different schools have thought of like eat, eat the source versus taking different supplements. I'm just a big believer if you're going to take a supplement, know why you're taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, I've been doing a lot of, I like turmeric as an antioxidant. Um, it has a lot of great great benefits and as well as being like really good cancer preventative but it's a great that's a great beauty one i also tend to add um do you know tocos tocotrifenols no so that's like a vitamin e and it comes in a powder i usually get the the sun potion one but there's a lot of more more and more people are making them so i like to add that to things it's like very not like um it's pretty benign you know and um, it doesn't taste bad. <laughs> I'm going to add that. I'm going to get it and add it to my matcha. I've been looking for a new mm-hmm. powder for my Yeah, that would be matcha. great in, in something like that. Also, like the cereal that you make. Oh, like yeah. To add to like oh. the muesli or smoothies. Oh. So I put that in like an, if I'm doing a smoothie, I always put tocos in. 
That's like something that's just a staple in my fridge. Because vitamin E um, is great for the skin. Vitamin great, yeah. And also chia seeds. Mm. Love chia seeds for those like great omegas. Right. It's like more omegas, I think, proportionately than salmon. And I don't mm-hmm. eat fish. Yeah, and it's and then the fish is so tricky these days. Right. So. Oh, great, yeah. great. Chia seeds. There's so much you can do with chia seeds. Yeah, and super hydrating chia seeds. <clears throat> and hydration is so important for skin. Oh, I didn't know they were hydrating. Mm-hmm. Oh. You can think about it, they get so gelatinous. Right. You know, and like that kind of like, yeah. Yeah. So in the same way like aloe, if you think of aloe, it's really hydrating. Yeah. I drink aloe every day. I drink Leekwood organic aloe. It's like my favorite thing. Most people don't like it. They don't like how it tastes, but I guess I'm used to it. (laughs) Yeah. It's got like a tang to it. It's not bad. But I feel like that is helping me. Yeah. And then like bone, you know, bone broth definitely. Um, And any soup, soups are like a slow hydration. Mm. So that's a good thing too. Mm. I haven't had soup in so long because it's been so fucking hot. hot. (laughs) It's been horrible, 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 horrible here. A couple weeks ago, my guest was like, I'm making bone broth as we speak. And I was like, that makes me want to (laughs) die. You could do like a a, a cold cucumber soup. Yeah. Gazpacho. Our mutual (laughs) friend, Juliet, was telling me to make some gazpacho recently. Some gazpacho, watermelon gazpacho. Watermelon is really um, hydrating. It also has like it's helpful for um, sun damage prevention. Mm. It's good to eat the watermelon. Make sure you get a little bit of the white and the rind if you're going to do it. Okay, we're going to do something controversial now. We're going to talk about sunscreen yeah. sunscreen for uh-huh. a second. Because oh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you just brought it up. I wasn't going to, but you just brought it uh-huh. up. So sunscreen, guys, is can be really controversial. I personally don't use sunscreen for the first 20 minutes I'm out in the sun. I don't use Mm -hmm. it. Um, And then when I do, I use a couple of very specific brands that only – that are totally mineral-based, zinc oxide, titanium dioxide in them. Uh, What what are your thoughts on sunscreen? I'm I'm with you. I mean, I usually think like 15 minutes – out in the sun with no sunscreen because we're all D deficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I wish, I wish I could be at the place where I could be like, you don't need to use sunscreen. It's fine. Just eat this, this, and this. Um, but I think that we need sunscreen and I think it's really important that we get stuff that isn't going to harm us and also isn't going to harm um, our planet. Right. So yeah, mineral based zinc is, a, you know, the go-to you want to make sure that you're getting full spectrum so you're protecting yourself against all the different rays. Do you wear sunscreen on your face every day? In the summertime, I do. And what, what's your preferred brand on the face? I have two favorites. One is Josh Rosebrook, and he, he's a great one for, um, for, like, for natural beauty. He's actually out of California, of course. And the other one is a woman who she's British. She's an acupuncturist. Um, and the line is called Demamiel. Amazing. I'm always looking for a good face yeah. sunscreen. I'm always looking for a face and body, too. It's, it's, it's tough. So Think Sport is my jam. Think, think Sport? Think okay. Sport is like 
I actually know the guys who who own the company and they're amazing, but that is not why I use the product. I use the product because it's one, I know how natural it is and it's zinc. Yeah. Um, Well, that's also because you know them, which is such a key. I was listening to um, an interview with uh, a woman who owns one of my favorite skincare companies and they were asking her, like, was there so much natural skincare out there? Like, how would you recommend choosing? And she, her answer was like, you know, learn about the person who's making the products Mm. you know I love that I love that because even you go to Whole Foods and half of the stuff in there is not is not actually suitable if you're trying to really live naturally Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah well this will be talking in the green beauty world about like shades of green ah yeah so there's like the dark green which is like there's you know very organic and then there's like stuff that's a little little less right <laughs> and like and it's not bad but it's again it's good to know that just because you think something is at the health food store or at whole foods or you know that it says natural you still want to read the labels and, and get more information i love it what are your other quickly what are your other favorite if you have other skincare products that you mm-hmm. love from natural beauty? Well, there's a few people I feel, I mean, there's so many people right now who are doing great things. Um, some of my favorites, um, maybe my favorite favorite is Laurel Schaefer. And um, we see, cause she does whole plant and she has a relationship with all the people who are like farming her, um, her farming the plants and she's an herbalist and there's just so much integrity in everything that she makes so she's a great one to look into. Amazing. Um, yeah. And then also there's a woman that I really like um, in Hawaii. Her line is called Mahalo. And again, it's like she's not making a ton of products, but each one has so much integrity and they're really beautiful. Amazing. So there's there's a lot there's a lot out there. And even just um, I would say that like back to like the L.A. New York thing, um, Cat Beauty like Carolyn and Cindy have really, you know, they're not practitioners. They're people who are in fashion and sort of like changed their career goals, but are, um, have they have a, if anyone doesn't know, they have a, a boutique where they sell a lot of natural products as well as like supplements and flower essences and all kinds of just like sort of a, a lifestyle and they're in the West village as well as out in LA at Fred and Fred Siegel. Oh, okay. So there are people who are doing like a lot to sort of like um, share information. Cool. Yeah. Living Libations is really great. They're a Canadian company and they shampoo, um, tooth care, like all kinds of stuff. Oh, Super and really very natural. This this is, I think, the the area that I've gone to is like when I started working um, in Williamsburg at the the, uh, wellness center there. It was like I was already dipping into um, natural makeup, but I was still using like, you know, shampoos that were not natural. And then it becomes like, well, why am I, why am I eating well? And why am I doing all these things? And then I'm putting this in my hair. Right. You know, so I think the same thing with like a perfume or anything like that, like scent is, um, you know, a really big mood changer. Essential oils bypass the blood brain barrier. So you immediately feel different when you smell something. Um, so I, I love working with scents, but, um, I would say if you're going to wear a perfume, try to find something that is going to benefit you. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much, Samantha. You're welcome. Where can people find you? Um, 
I probably um, communicate the most on Instagram. Samantha story acupuncture at Samantha underscore story underscore acupuncture. Um, and then I work at a couple of studios in um, in Manhattan. I work in Soho, and then I also work in Williamsburg and Prospect Heights. Those are all listed on my Instagram. My website is samanthastory.com, but I'm not great about updating my website. So work in progress. Great. But I'll link, um, I'll link yeah. to all the places you work, the websites of the places you work. Yeah. And I, was, I didn't mean before when we were talking about Botox, I do kind of want to just touch on this too of like, I feel like I sort of um, cut off the conversation um, is that I am seeing more and more women coming in like in their thirties and stuff being told that they, by their dermatologists, that they should be getting preventative Botox. Um, and I think we sort of talked about this before about like, what does it do to your spirit when you're being told that you need to change how you look or something about you? That's so personal. Um, and for me, it's really problematic because, first of all, your dermatologist is supposed to be your doctor. You're, you're going there for, for help. I mean, the first, you know, line of the Hippocratic Oath is do no harm. So to me, it's, it, it really hurts when I see these. There's nothing wrong with these women. They're being told to do this thing. And it's like you're going to someone, you're going to a doctor. There's a trust and there's a power differential. Um don't abuse the power. Right. Um, so that, that to me is a, a big part of like why I think it's really, it's important to, if you're going to do something, do it because it makes you feel good, that it benefits your health. Um, do no harm. And what you're saying about what it does to the spirit, I think is so important because that really is the place that is the reservoir that our beauty comes from our spirit, you know, and when something damages our spirit and it's so often something someone says or remarks someone makes about how we look it, 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 it has a long, it can have a really long lasting effect and Mm -hmm. it's important to build each other up. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we have a collective wound in our culture about age and about, you know, women aging. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, like you were saying about your mom, like it's the same thing with my mother. And, and I can catch myself having, you know, like, you know, you, the phone is like on the thing and you see you catch like this horrible angle. And it's like I can hear the same words myself thinking the same words I've heard my mother say. And it's like. Um, you know, how do we sort of love ourselves through everything? Yeah, how do we change how the narrative? We, how do we change exactly? Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And how so, do we? I mean, we just, it's kind of like the weekly challenge, right? We find, mm-hmm. we just find more and more ways, more and more things that we love about ourselves, and we build on it every day. We engage with quote unquote esteemable action, and we engage with self compassion, and we engage with self love, and you know, our self-love will grow and our beauty will grow. Yeah. And that's health. I mean, that's how beauty and health are definitely linked. There's a link there. Right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Samantha, for coming on and talking about all of that. I got so much, I got so much out of chatting with you and thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I mean, I love your podcast and, um, that you know you mentioned that um interview with Sini. i try to get everyone to listen to that because i think it's so important um what she talks about and there's so much bravery um and all the shares in your podcast so it's such an honor to be here
Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Uh, don't forget to check on uh, check out the Patreon account. I will be linking to it below, and I'll be linking to all of Samantha's uh, places you can find her and all of the other resources we mentioned in this episode. So don't forget to check out the show notes, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Healing Out Loud. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find me at Jackie on Instagram, my favorite social media platform, and follow me at JackieShay.com if you want to stay in touch. You can also write to me through JackieShay.com if you're interested in working with me as your trusted wellness companion. I'm always happy to hear from you with any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also join the Healing Out Loud with Jackie Shea Facebook group. Have an amazing week, you kick-ass humans. I hope you're able to implement what you learned this week, and I can't wait to share more. Bye.